the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Reconnecting with the mandate that God has given us. Next, here on Times of Refreshing. Join us. We have been given a mandate by God. Sadly, we tend to lose it along the way. Life tends to get in the way of things, doesn't it? It clouds our vision, our, our ministry, our mandate, our mission that God has given us. Well, today we want to help you reestablish your mission mindset. We're in Matthew chapter 28, and this is Times of Refreshing, the ministry of the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We would invite you to join us today. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, takes us back to Matthew 28 as we reestablish our mission mindset. Here's Pastor Napoleon. The Great Commission is about making disciples, not coming up with fancy gimmicks just to get people into the door. It's not just about getting people or catching the fish, saints. It's about taking people through the discipleship process where they really become disciplined followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and they're settled in God's teaching and His doctrine and they'll follow Jesus wherever He asks them to go. Can I have an amen? Now watch this though, because having said that, we do have to understand our responsibility. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll go here. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Apostle Paul here in 2 Timothy is, is writing his, close, his closing words to, to, young, to, to young Timothy, giving him insight into what is going to transpire at the end of the age and what God wants to do through him as a young apostle who's being groomed. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 on down to 5, he says this in his closing words. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said, preach what? He said, preach the word. He said, be ready in season and out of season. When it is convenient, when it is not convenient. He says, convince. That word there means convict. It means through the preaching of the word, there's a conviction aspect to what God is going to do through you as you're sharing the gospel. He says, not only convince, he says, rebuke. There is a corrective element to what God does through the Word of God. And I know in our society right now, it's a shame because anytime you try to correct someone or adjust them, they'll say you're not being loving and things of that nature. But the Word of God comes in and it is a two-edged sword. It's going to convict you sometimes. It's not going to feel good sometimes when the preaching is going forth and you know God is speaking to you about something in your life. He says not only that, he says exhort. So there's an exhortative aspect to it. He says to do this with all long-suffering and teaching. He says, for the time will come, not maybe will come, it will come. When they will not endure sound what? This is the problem that we have now. 
in the church. It's a problem that we need to deal with. People don't want to hear sound, whole doctrine. Come on, brother. Wow me. Come on, man. Say something. Woo. Come on. Get me fired up. No, how about we just read this scripture and just let it marinate until we really get it. Amen. Sound doctrine, something that's going to stabilize you and make you whole. He says, sound doctrine. He says, but according, look at this verse 3, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And so this tells me that now people are trying to find teachers that will suit them and make them feel or tell them what they want to hear. Dangerous. We see it happening all over. It's a shame. And it's a shame. This stuff should not be going on in the church. Listen to me, saints. You do not pick your church or your pastor. God does. Period. You don't. Lord, who is my pastor? Lord, where is my church? There, there. Praise God. That's it. I've been rolling with my pastor, Pastor David, for almost 15 years now. That's my pastor. That's my church. And I, he, as long as he's, he's sticking to the word, doing his thing. But what happens is, saints, what happens is this condition is swept through the church. Because they have itching ears, they will heap them for, for themselves, teacher. I'm going to find somebody that's going to tell me what I would like to hear. Look at our response, though. Verse 5. But you, but you, but you, look at your neighbor and tell him, but you. He says, be watchful. The word watchful there means to be sober-minded. He says, endure afflictions. He tells you to endure afflictions. With what God is causing you to do, there's going to be some afflictions. Endure the afflictions. He says, do the work of a what? Evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This is a part of making disciples is we have to go out and evangelize. But we have to be watchful. We have to, be, we have to endure afflictions. And then all of us, all of us have to be willing to do the work of an evangelist. That doesn't mean that you just have some a title of an evangelist. A lot of times we're waiting for some title and God said just do the work. Just do the work. Your job is to do the work of an evangelist. And that is to go out to, to, to share the gospel with individuals. And we're going to talk about this in a minute. To share the gospel with individuals. Do the work of an evangelist. He says, fulfill your ministry. This is our response. People are going to have itching ears. My job is to make sure at all times that I'm watchful, that I'm sober. That I endure affliction. Stuff is going to come my way. I got to do the work of an evangelist. I got to pay the payment and go out and share my faith. And go out to where people are and share the gospel. He says fulfill your ministry. Saints stop thinking that it's the church's job to have some type of special event. So that you know we feel comfortable about doing evangelism. Every single one of us in this room has a sphere of influence. It's not my job to put on some event for evangelism. Now, we do that. We have all kinds of out. We have outreaches, and, and we, we thank God for that. But at the end of the day, I have a personal. He didn't tell Timothy. Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Go out and try to start some big event. 
so that you can... If you, no, just do the work of an evangelist. Jesus was sitting at a well, and he just saw a woman there. Say, hey, what you got there? He's doing the work. He's not waiting for everybody. You know, I want to say this to you guys. Our church got a bad rap, and I know about it. Hey, I, be, I, I know stuff. You know, I don't be talking about it all the time, but I know. People try to accuse us of, you know, we're not doing evangelism. Come on, the devil is a lie. Man, we, this woman of God right here is going into places every, every month doing stuff. Our outreach center is touching people all over the place. You better ask somebody, I'm going into football. And some of y'all in this church because I'm out there coaching football. You think I'm just doing some X's and O's? You better ask somebody, I'm looking for some souls. I'm not waiting for some event. I'm out there paving the pavement. Some of these people, I'm in the, I'm in the mall. DJ's wife, I met her in the mall. Isn't that right, DJ? Hey, what's your name? How you doing? Why don't you come to church? What do you got? Uh-huh. Look, now you don't got your wife, brother. Uh-huh. See? We out working, man. Going trying to find, can I have an amen? We're not, but this is the mindset we got to have. They're not doing, the devil's alive, man. We're working. And people, not just me, but I know you guys are doing this. But we're not tooting our horns and blowing a trumpet and, and saying this and saying, just get out there and do the work of an evangelist. Can I have an amen in this place? This is what we need to do. This is how we do this, saints. We do the work. So all of us here, and that's the beginning stages of ultimately making disciples. You got to catch the fish. Now, the church is a part of getting them connected to Christ and going through the process and, and going through that. But we got to get out and catch the fish. Amen. And then ultimately, go to Romans chapter 1. We've got to get in in our spirit. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 16 on down. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. We got to get it in our mind that the church has the greatest message that has ever been heralded or proclaimed on this planet. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to share your faith. This is what happens. We have, people have a tendency to put things upon the church for the sake of evangelism and all this other stuff. And, but not realizing that what they're really doing is not just taking hold of their personal responsibility. It's easy to blame somebody else when you're not doing your job. Instead of sitting back and saying, wait a minute. Man, am, I, am I ashamed to share my faith on my job? Am I ashamed to share my faith with my family members? Am I ashamed to share my faith with my neighbors? Do your neighbors even know you're saved? Am I ashamed? Am I ashamed of the gospel? Wait a minute. The Bible just said that it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Our job is to share this powerful message that has the ability to change somebody's life and to see them come off of drugs and addiction, to get out of the hands of the, the devil and the grips of hell and all the things that had us in bondage. And then we are ashamed to share that message with people and we have to stop and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
The devil may try to tell you to be quiet, and you may do, and listen. He says, endure afflictions. You may have to go some go through some afflictions as a result of your love for the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But saints, all of us, we should never be ashamed to share our faith in God. People are ashamed, and we have this. And I'm just going to say it, saints. We have this politically correct stuff going on, and really, it's just fear of sharing my faith. The gospel, saints, sometimes is offensive. Sometimes people are going to look at you and say, oh, be quiet. Sometimes, you know, the people in this Bible were spit at. They were, th- they were thrown into prison. Now, I'm going to show you this here. They're thrown into prison. They were ostracized. They were looked at like they were crazy. And they didn't shrink back from it. They didn't change the message so it was more appealing. So it felt better. You know, it's, a lot of times we say we want to walk with Jesus. We say we want to walk with John the Baptist. John the Baptist is walking around saying, repent. Now, I'm not telling y'all to do that. But I'm saying, imagine how offensive. You're just trying to go to the mall and somebody rolling with you talking about, repent. Everybody repent. You vipers and snakes, all y'all going to hell. That's what he was doing. Jesus is calling people whitewashed tombs and, and saying, who, who warned you of the judgment to come? I mean, all this stuff. Understand that there is, a, there is an offensive aspect to this. It cuts sometimes. And we have to be willing to tell people, you know what? I know you're a good person, but you don't. All your goodness is as filthy rags unto God. God's not receiving any of your goodness unless it comes through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You need to know who Jesus is. No, but I'm a good man. I gave to the poor. Well, yeah. The devil, he'll give to the poor too for a little while if he gets his position in a person's life. You need Jesus. That's, that's called self-righteousness. You need the righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. So what are you telling me, dude? I'm telling you, you need to repent. You can tell somebody to repent with a smile on their face. Repent. Can I have amen? You don't have to be mean about it. You can say, repent. Repent or you're going to hell. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you don't have to be mean about it. But what I'm saying to everyone here, saints, is we can't be ashamed of the gospel. Our job is to make sure that we're sharing the gospel with people. Why? It's a part of our mission. It's the Great Commission. And then it leads to making disciples. It starts with getting out and sharing our faith. And I want to end by showing you this picture and then we're going to pray. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. This was a serious matter for the people of God And in some cases, it has been the entertainment, um, the lack of taking responsibility for personal evangelism has crept into the church. Um, The deferring of responsibility has crept into the church. But when you read your Bible, these people were radical for Christ in the midst of opposition like we've never seen, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of, in this country. Look at this in verse 1. Now Saul was coming 
consenting, excuse me, now Saul, who later was called Paul, was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, a great what? Persecution arose against the church. There are times when God, as God is watching, when there's great persecution that rises up against churches, against the church globally, we have to be prepared for that. We have to understand that that's a part of it. This is not a popularity contest. Can I have an amen? And you know, in fact, and I, and I want to say this, you know, this is one of the things that, hey, you can't be worrying about who, who, how people view you. Matter of fact, Jesus said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so they did to the, to the false prophets. You know, if you're, you stop worrying about how people view your name and all that. I've learned that in my, in my personal life. People say, well, people, what are people going to have? Hey, listen, man, all I know is I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. God is with me. God knows how to make your name great. He knows how to make your name great. But the key here is there's persecution that comes, and we have to understand that sometimes as we're sharing our faith, that it will come. It says a pr- great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made lament- great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women committing them to prison. Now, just imagine how serious this is. This is not, this is serious. This is a church. These people have united themselves together with Christ, have identified themselves together with Christ. They're going forth. They have a nice-knit community. God is doing something in their spirit. All of a sudden, great persecution arises. Saul goes into people's houses and drags them out and throws them into prison. Do you know that this is happening right now in Japan? Do you know that this is happening in China, I should say, in China? Do you know this is happening in, in different parts, in Pakistan, in different parts of the world? They are literally doing this to people. When we have such great liberty and luxuries to preach the gospel, and we, have, and we just sit on our couches watching TV. Our brothers and sisters in different parts of the world, they're banging on their door trying to find the inner ground. When, we, when I went to... to uh, Vietnam to preach. It, it hurt my heart to sit down with these pastors. 500 pastors and leaders. And I'm talking to these guys. And on the last session, one of the guys just comes up, breaks down in tears. He said, and he said, Pastor Kaufman, you just don't understand. that I live in the north. He said, in the south, it's not as bad. But I live in the north, Vietnam. He says, and, and they are, they're, they're just breaking into our houses. And we, our church is a secret church because they're, they're hauling my leaders, hauling people off the drill. I've been to jail several times. Just throwing me into prison. Pray for us. Pray for us. I mean, it almost brings me to tears right now. Pray for us. And we sit around here and, and we just, we have a good time. You know, praise God. Our brothers and sisters, until you've looked at a person in their eye. But yet they still love God. And they still preach the gospel. And they still go after souls. And they still, you know, give their life for the sake of the gospel. And here in this country, we can freely preach the gospel. And we're sitting around just on our lazy boys or arguing about ignorant stuff. I'm done with that. Arguing about ignorant stuff. And and this guy's sitting here looking at me saying, you pray for me, man. 
Look at verse 4. It says, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching what? The Lord. The sc- what they encountered did not snuff it out. It actually multiplied the church. Those same people now, they're scattered and they're taking the seed of the gospel to other regions. And it says that they went everywhere preaching the word. They didn't shrink back. They didn't get intimidated by the persecution. What they did was they got even more aggressive and went forth and took the word of God. Why? Because they're not ashamed of the gospel. He says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria preaching Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the unclean, the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Look at verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. Saints, I want joy to spring up in this city, in this valley, in this region, all over the Bay Area. We want joy to spring up, but it's not going to happen if we don't focus in on the mission of the church. And that is to make disciples of all nations. We do that by going out and evangelizing. We do that by linking people to Christ. We do that by not, by disregarding persecution and and people not wanting to hear it. We, We go out and we do our job and then there's joy that's released in the city. Every single person here, you have a sphere of influence. Are you impacting that? Are you waiting for us to have some kind of event here at the church? God has given you a sphere of influence. Impact it. Impact it. I'm going to share my faith. Why? Because somebody needs to know about Jesus. Somebody needs to know. Father, we just pray right now. Lord, as we're ending the new, this, this, 2012, God, we want you to recalibrate our minds and our hearts and our spirits. Help us to understand the value of the mission that you've given to this house and to us personally. God, this is what all of us are called to do, and that is to make disciples of all nations. God, we have our different responsibilities in doing that, but Lord, every one of us has a sphere of influence that we can impact Father, I just rebuke every spirit of fear right now. I bind the spirit of fear. I rebuke spirits of confusion and doubt and unbelief. Lord, these individuals worshiped you, but they doubted. And Father, we just rebuke that doubt right now in the atmosphere in the name of Jesus. God, you've called us to do the work of an evangelist. You've called us to make disciples of all nations. You called us to see people baptized and to be taught and to be connected to you. And Lord, we just thank you right now for the privilege that we have as a church community to go out and to see people come to know Jesus. God, one plants, one waters. God, partner with us to give the increase for people that are unchurched that have never stepped foot in a church in a day in their lives, that don't know who you are, but Lord, we know who you are, and we're going to tell them. God, we don't care. We're not, we're not overly concerned with the persecution. God, we will take your word wherever you want your word to go. We commit ourselves, just like the church in the book of Acts. And Father, I just pray right now that you will shake us out of our sleep. 
Shake us out of our slumber. Shake us out of our, uh, our apathy. F- shake us out of, of being lethargic. God, shake us out of and stir our spirits up in this hour to be settled in your word and to share your word with people as we come into contact. Lord, it's not an event. It's a lifestyle. God, make it a lifestyle for us just to share the goodness of God, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to talk to people about your death, your burial, and your resurrection. God, we give you praise for the opportunity to serve you. It's our privilege, Lord, to bear the responsibility of taking the gospel to all nations. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.